And now for something completely different. Our hosts are recording from home to bring you the same quality of shows that made Radio DePaul 2020's best college station in the nation. Listen live at RadioDePaul.com or on the Radio DePaul app. This is Radio DePaul. Chicago's College Connection. Welcome to Defropology, brought to you by Radio DePaul. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeffrey, and also my fun fact of the day is... I've been like on a Left 4 Dead binge lately. Um, you guys don't know what it is. It's like a zombie co-op game where you play as like four survivors. These like, zombies are like chasing after you. It's a lot of fun, which makes a lot of sense for my personality. If you guys don't know, I used to have like a big zombie phase, especially in middle school. Still kind of do, but I'm all into like supernatural and zombies and stuff. Uh, you know, that kind of reminds me of 2D from the gorillas. <laughs> that's like very stupid lore is that he's really into zombie movies but 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 moving on because it really doesn't matter uh my name is misha by the way i'm the other co-host and that could be my fun fact is that i know so much gorillas lore anyways that's silly because that's also definitely not what today's episode is about we have some small updates we want to go over with you guys because we've been gone for a while and we kind of just want to get retouched with you guys real quick before we go into today's topic. So some small updates at DePaul, since this is we're at Radio DePaul, so we're both of us are DePaul students. Okay, so on campus at DePaul, if you're taking classes either in the Loop or at Lincoln Park, there's two mask options. You can wear a surgical mask with a cloth mask over it, or you can wear a K95 and or KN95. That's the mask mandate for that. And the other mandate is... That SGA just put it on is you guys going to need your booster shot soon. So get ready and send those in like how you did your vaccines. We wanted to give some updates on our end. We had some really ambitious winter break plans and they fell through because... Uh, I got COVID, so some of that was on me. I got So if you guys didn't know, I went to Florida to visit some family. And while I was there, I caught COVID. It was really bad, so I couldn't do a lot. What happened for me is that a relative died, and we had to do a lot around that. Mm. Which, for some reason, my relatives were like, hey, you should talk about that on your show. And I was like, I don't really want to, but I'll mention it here. So as they're listening, this is the compromise. So now we're on Tuesdays. You might have noticed that. Yeah, all the virtual shows got pushed to Tuesdays. So here we are. Yeah, we're keeping the night slot, though, because... Like it goes with our theme. Yeah, and we also, the first, the last two weeks have been interviews with Professor Craig Klugman. If you haven't check in, checked those out, uh, I think those are really cool. I think those are really worth checking out. Yeah, also Misha put some posters around campus. So if you go see them, please show us some love for her awesome creative design. If you guys like take photos of the posters, I don't think anyone will. I don't think students listen to this. In all honesty. You never know. Hi, Grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. uh, So do you have any life updates you want to give the listeners, Misha, while we're here? I mean, I don't think I have any than the ones I've already given. Uh, Mine's is I got to visit my two sisters, which was great. So got to see my nieces and nephews also. That was very swell. And overall, I'm doing pretty well. So our question of the week this week is, what were our New Year's resolutions for 2022? So uh, one of mine's is I'm trying to aiming for Japanese proficiency. I want to pass a test within the next two years. So I'm going to be studying a lot of Japanese. Part of my uh, applied diplomacy requirement is being fluent in a foreign language and proving my fluency. 
So I need to be fluent in two years to graduate. Wish me luck. Not stressed out or nothing. Also to work out and bulk up a bit because your boy is skin and bones. And if it was a rainstorm, I could be picked up and it wouldn't even be a hurricane. I would just get swept up in the rainy wind. So going to have to work on that a bit. Goodness. I just realized... I looked at this question earlier and I didn't think to mention it, but I don't make New Year's resolutions, but Mm. I'll make up a couple fake ones. One, Korean more. And Mm. two, I'll watch more movies. These both aren't going to happen, but... Do you not believe in them because you never did them when you used to do them? Because that's a reason for a lot of people. So I'm curious. Like, I'm just not in the habit of either. Mm. I just don't think I'll be able to pick them up suddenly. And that's why I usually don't set resolutions. At least for the New Year. uh, Yeah, I don't blame you. (laughs) Um... So this episode, we're going to be talking about Bianca's Law and Bianca Devins. So, and I want to give some trigger warnings to this episode. This is kind of a true crime-esque episode. While we are talking about a case, it's the reason why we're talking about this. I know we've criticized true crime in the past is because there is a law and a petition going around to help enact change. So we are covering this topic because it's a pretty important one in our opinion. So there are trigger warnings for if you're sensitive to murder, online harassment, grooming, toxic relationships, and the exploitation of minors on social media, please exit out of this episode. We don't want your mental health or anything to be affected by listening to this episode. We want this to be more of a positive place as much as we can while talking about death. So if any of those make you uncomfortable, feel free to not listen to this one and catch us next week. And also, because of the nature of how this person died, we are sending out a PSA to not look up Bianca Devon's um, information on Google Images or on social media sites. Just please look for the petition because if you look up the images, you will, there people posted pictures of her body online after she died and it's really shocking. And as someone who's accidentally exposed to the images, you do not want to see the pictures. Trust me. And that's also just extremely disrespectful. Yeah. The reason why I wanted to cover this topic is I was on social media when all this happened and I had no idea who Bianca Devlin's was. I literally just saw a trending hashtag and clicked on it because I was so confused about what was happening. And people, that's how I saw that. So I spent two days part of a flagging group. There was a group of flaggers. You guys didn't know this. We were just reporting accounts for two days of people posting it on Instagram on her like, because you know on Instagram you can tag someone. We spent two days flagging that until Instagram finally removed them, which took four days, but that's another story. So time to do some background information on Bianca Devins. So this is from an article right out by Rolling Stone. And a lot of this info is from her family and friends in this article by Dickinson in 2019. Bianca Devins was 17 years old before her life would be tragically taken. She was known online for being an e-girl, quote unquote, and was active on various social media platforms, but she was namely notorious on 4chan. On 4chan, the board she frequented was a board of depressed loners. We're not going to give out the Pacific board. And since the board members were mostly male, the girls who got grew popular in the board fit the characteristics of being slendered, round-eyed, and often white, who wore cosplay and would be labeled e-girls. And they would gain popularity on this board. However, two other key characteristics that these girls also shared were they had mental illness and were often very young and therefore very vulnerable, with many ranging from 13 to 17 years old. On these message, on these like message boards, these young girls would gain older male fans, which we're going to, uh, the word is orbiters. Orbiters are a lot like incels or entitled J slash K-pop fans. If you guys don't know what that is, they're just like stands. If you guys know Twitter stands, like that's another way, kind of, but 
creepy, predatory older men. Uh, one of these girls who had frequented this forum said the girls in these communities received ego boost from the male validation they received, but they were also causing themselves self-harm because they also faced male harassment. Devins would face this herself as she was often slut-shamed and degraded for her struggles with borderline personality disorder by incels on the board. Bianca was a friendly person and would frequently interact with her orbiters, which led to toxic relationships. Yeah, and I did kind of want to add on to the entitled J-K-pop fans is that because these girls were kind of putting themselves out there as like public figures and because adults put themselves out as public figures, there's a certain fan expectation for how they should act, you know? Like they should always be like pleasant and friendly and you get the gist, right? Yeah, they would idolize these girls and when they didn't live up to their expectations, they would make it seem as if it was a personality flaw more, but it was more of an imagination they did in their heads of an idealized version of that person that never existed. Yeah, I just want to like elaborate on that a little bit more, but carrying on. So Bianca Devins at one point entered a relationship when she was 15 with an orbiter of hers who was 18. Of course, this was a very predatory relationship. It was emotionally abusive and Bianca, the reason why she entered and like stayed in this relationship is because she kind of had a hard time with connecting with IRL peers and she kind of found herself going back to him several times, even when it's not the healthiest thing to do. And in the spring of 2019, Devins would meet Brandon Clark, who was another orbiter. Uh, he was 21 and she was 17 when they met. And they would become like really close friends. They would become really close friends and Clark would often call himself Bianca's boyfriend, which... The weird part is, is Bianca friendzoned him. Like, off the bat, and he continued to, like, he was trying to be, and I read some of his testimony for the trial, and one of the things the person who took her life said was he wanted to, like, or what people, um, like, police thought of, like, his, his profile from the case was he was trying to prove himself as an alpha orbiter, and that he, he was all constantly trying to put being possessive towards her to be, like, the number one fan. Gosh, when you said that... <laughs> I, I cringed so hard. Like, because it's not enough that he's calling himself her boyfriend with their weird age gap, but also that she was, like, setting this boundary and he still just crossed it. Like, God. Anyways, so on July 14th of 2019, Clark Devins and one of Devins' friend, who his screen name is spelt O-I-P-U. I don't know how to pronounce that and I'm not going to try that. So Devins and the other online friend kissed and Clark got jealous and in a premeditated attempted murder-suicide, Clark killed Devins brutally and showed pictures of her body over various social media platforms and her own Discord server that she had, but Clark survived and was arrested, but after the pictures were circulated, they got around really quickly, a bunch of like really terrible rumors about Bianca came out, and that like weren't true, and if they were true, like, and her family was harassed with with various people like sending pictures of her dead body to them and a lot of people online tried to justify her murder and like just for who she was and how she lived you know yeah as someone who's like oh first hand witness to the situation all was happening so i would see comments because there's there's like little boards of people who are trying to stop the post so they would post like 
pretty pictures of Bianca so the pictures would stop being taken so that's what you would see under the hashtag and people would comment on these posts the people who are anti-Devons they would say like she did like they were trying to justify it because they were trying to say that she cheated even though that never happened because she was never with the guy and she's literally 17 and even and no matter what she did nothing would justify a murder especially one that's premeditated and just, it's so vile. Everything, that how this thing was handled. And even the mom said when she was out grocery shopping, people in her town would take a sick pleasure of like airdropping her images of her daughter. If that doesn't tell you what's like wrong with humanity. And I think a lot of people have like, I think people have been sadly des- desensitized to this. And then they, ch- they think that it's just, it's dar- just dark humor. It's not. It's you're being a complete jerk or co- I, it's worse than that. But I, you know, we're family friendly. So, uh, complete trash. We'll just say that. Complete trash. (laughs) Yeah, and on that note, that is all of the background information that we have as context for the next half of this episode. But please sit tight as we play you and add and our song of this week. It is Lewis Tomlinson's The Two of Us. No, Two of Us. Now, this uh, part of the video, we're going to be talking about Bianca's Law. So in an article by Colombo in 2021, it talked about what Bianca's Law is. So Kim Devins is Bianca's mother, and she's hoping to pass Bianca's Law at the federal and state level. By state level, Bianca um, lived and was tragically murdered in New York. So she's talking about New York State. To make sharing violent and graphic images a criminal offense, but also requires social media companies to come up with technology to detect and take down these images and for them to make crisis departments to help families and victims of online trolling. In August 2019, the work on the bill began with the help from Congressman Anthony Brinzi. However, following his loss in 2020 during like the Congress re-elections, um, he lost his seat, so the bill cannot be properly reintroduced and voted on. Currently, the Devons family is reaching out to various congressmen about the bill and is seeking online support. And another thing that they're doing in honor of Bianca's legacy is that their family also established a memorial scholarship under Bianca's name to fund counseling and psychology degrees because that's what Devons wanted to work in in the future in mental health due to her own struggles and wanting to help others. And tragically, after Devons' death, she's still being exploited. There are still images of her dead body circulating the internet. Uh, We're not going to tell you where. Don't look for them, for the love of God. But that is kind of the gist of Bianca's law. Because you're the one that's more in on this than I am, and you're the poli-sci major. I wonder what your opinion is here. Um, So with the law that they're trying to pass, I think it is a good law because a lot of people... There's like two things with this law, though, that I'm thinking about. So for instance, do you remember... And I'm not trying to connect this too much with this, but I do agree that pictures of dead bodies set be sent to loved ones should be illegal but on the other end how i'm thinking about this is like with george floyd and other people who were like shot by police like those are our triggering videos but if they weren't circulated online would we have the protest so i do think there is i think it's also like how and this is always hard to prove is how the user meant to share the thing if it was meant to show like i just saw someone was brutally attacked but if you're sharing someone's like dead body, like which is this situation, it should be completely illegal, especially if you're sending it to family members. I do think that that should be a crime. 
And like, especially if you think about it, this also makes me think of um, Kobe Bryant because the police officers took pictures of the helicopter crash site and were circulating it. If you didn't know, so that there's a lawsuit with Chian, um, with Kobe Bryant's wife, um, and the family members are suing the police force because they one of the police officers took pictures and sent it to like family and friends, which was really horrible and disturbing. So I do think that this law should be passed. Um, and I do think this is something we do need to talk more about because this is not the only person this happened to. I, I don't remember her name and I'm not going to say her name because people might look this up too, but there was a YouTube, I think she was a YouTuber who died in a horrible car crash or she was an Instagram star and people posted those pictures too. And her family has been trying for months to get the, the images off, but Every time you take, they said, like, I watched an interview with the father and he said, every time you take down one, like two spring up. So it's, it's just a really hard, it's a really hard um, system to work with. But because there's like Google search image where it can match images, I do think it is possible to take down these pictures. Even if like they edited them with filters, I do think that you should be able to take down these pictures. But and Misha, you made this point I wanted you to elaborate on because you talked about like the various different social media platforms have different policies. So it's also, we're going to have to also figure it out on different social medias, like how to make that work. Do you have any opinions on this, Misha? Yeah, I think we mentioned that in between recording sessions. So listeners might not be caught up, but I was thinking a lot about Tumblr has a really weird policy of what can and can't be posted. And it's different from what Instagram has about what can and can't be posted, as well as filtering is so much different from different social media platforms one to another. Like on Instagram, you can block a user, but you can't like, you can't block certain tags. You can't block, you can't filter words. Like on Tumblr, you can like filter out tags. You can block people like permanently. You can like do all these different things. So I wonder, I feel like with Instagram in particular, it's really like the Wild West where there's just so many images always. I think Twitter is a bit worse. That's just my opinion. True. Because Twitter doesn't have a, um, like also doesn't like ban adult content. So Twitter's like DeviantArt on steroids. If you like search, you could search the most, you could search a character name, right? And then you're going to find NSFWR. You could look up a My Little Pony character. If you're like, imagine a kid gets on Twitter on accident and looks up like my little pony that's like the stuff that worries me with the internet is like and this happened with tiktok i'm not trying to age shame but tiktok was really forced like preteens and it was like a kid app that was like kid focused and then all the adults came on here and now there was like the cake challenge and like all this adult content that i don't think should have been on the platform because it's mostly kids and all the biggest people are like minors like and it tells you the 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 target audience, in my opinion. True. But I also, I do wonder about that. In like 2014 through 16, at some point, Tumblr banned all 18 plus content. And it was like a really big thing for the site because it was known for like having NSFW content. Don't ask how I know that. Um, Anyways, but I do wonder, like, obviously there's a target audience, but at what point? Because what do you do about, like, explicit art? Or what do you do about, like, OnlyFans people? Like, do adult, does adult content always have to be behind paywalls? And I do also wonder about, like, what if a movie has gore in it and you share a screenshot of that? Would you face repercussions for that under Bianca's law? I I get what you mean. And I think it is a hard thing because TikTok, if you guys don't know this, TikTok is currently banning 
accounts, even if they if they just have an OnlyFans account, even if they don't link it on their TikTok, you can be banned. There is a crackdown on um, OnlyFans creators or people who work in the adult entertainment industry, which is which I do think is sad because a lot of these people are just working and making a living. And they're sadly, be- a lot of them aren't like making, even if they're not making like sexualizing content on other platforms, they're still being banned, which I don't think is fair. But at some point, I also do think that there needs to be certain sites where there's not adult content. And I'm not saying it should be on every social media site. I'm just saying like with the TikTok situation, when it was kids on there first, it should have stayed that way. Like, and with Twitter, like with the, with the NSFW art, it's like, I, like, I know this sounds bad, but like DeviantArt's still running. Like, why is this like so rampant on so many like sites? And I would agree that there should be like a filter that you could just like switch on and off. Like, yes, I want to see this content or no, I don't want to see this content. Because it's also a huge problem on YouTube. I'm tired of being recommended all like just horrible people. Like I don't want Tana Mojo recommends. I don't, I should be able to block a channel on YouTube and I don't want to see Jeffree Star. No, you can't. You can block them so they can't message you, but their videos will still show up. I, even when I put, even when I say don't recommend this channel, two days later, it came back like the plague. The worst part is, if you listen to ASMR, these people, like, who do ear exams will, like, post these, like, weird pictures that are, so, like, the thumbnails are so gross on these, these new ASMR channels, and you can't avoid it. It's so, like, or Pimple Popper, I don't want to see that. Like, I just want to block the account, but they won't let me, because YouTube is greedy, and they think that's going to get them more money. Like, I should be able to block Nikocado Avocado for my existence on all platforms and live my best life. But no. And, and, and it should also apply to ads that you see. Like, yeah, I see so many like wildly like I don't want to say inappropriate, but like, why is this on YouTube type of ads? Mm. Like I use an ad blocker most of the time, but I don't have one on my phone. And sometimes I'll just see something that's just so far out of left field. Like Google will just take any ad ever just to make a couple cents. A lot of YouTubers will too. They'll do a lot of sponsorships they shouldn't, but that's another discussion. And um, so also like on this topic, I wanted to talk about how we can better protect minors, especially and like women on social media platforms. Like, do you think there's any way we can better protect them going on? Because no matter what we do, kids are going to sneak on the internet. I did it. I snuck on Facebook when I shouldn't have been on there. I will admit. So I wanted to know, like, I want, like, how do we protect them? But but at the same way, if you, the more, like, overprotective you are, the more they're going to rebel. So, like, there has to be, like, give and take. Like, you want to protect them, but you also don't want to be overbearing where they're not going to listen. So it's it's hard because you want to find that good middle ground. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. It just kind of, it's that same uh, platitude as like, if you put up a 10 foot wall, I'll find a 12 foot ladder, which I don't know. I I think no matter what, kids that want to see inappropriate content will be able to find it no matter what at the end of the day. But there should definitely be better protections, not just for kids, but just for like the general public. You know, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody in their right mind would want to see a random girl's dead body. No. But that being said, 
please let us know how you guys feel on this subject. It is kind of, it's contentious because people really do feel some type of way about like internet censorship, quote unquote. So, but uh, even if you're against internet censorship, uh, something should be censored, in my opinion. And it's not Misha's opinion as well. I don't know if one of hers is. Misha, what is your opinion? Um, I really like the internet being a wild west, but at the same time, there are just some things that like I should have not seen as a kid and I shouldn't really be saying now. Yeah, so, I feel you. It's all, but, it's hard. Yeah. So in conclusion of this episode, we're going to be linking the petition for um to get Bianca's Law passed if you guys are interested in signing. We're also going to be showing if you're interested in donating to the scholarship fund or maybe you want to be a psychology major and you want to apply, we will be linking that in our um, link tree. So both the links will be there. This episode will be posted. Thank you guys for listening to this episode on Radio DePaul. Uh, we will see you next week where we, be t- where we will be discussing precious moments. If you guys have seen those figurines, then maybe you'll be interested in this episode. So talk to you soon. See ya.